0: everybody and welcome to another Motorsport Magazine podcast. We're going to look ahead to the 2015 Grand Prix season and already it's looking like it's going to be an absolutely fantastic year. Lots of intrigue, lots of questions to answer and who better to answer them than our editor in chief, Nigel Robach, our man on the road, Simon Aaron, the editor himself, Damien Smith and our Grand Prix man, Mark Hughes. What a panel. So let's get underway straight away. Um, I guess we're going to uh, talk about the top teams mainly. Uh, Mercedes-Benz, obviously. Are they going to run, run away with it again? We'll, we'll uh, ask our experts about that. Ferrari, have they made a big leap forward? Did Alonso make the wrong decision? We'll see. Then there's Williams. Looks like the biggest challenger to Mercedes. And then there's Renault. And, of course, uh, the Renault engine, I mean, I'm talking about the Renault engine uh, in the Red Bull. Have they got it to work a bit better? Okay, let's start with you, Mark. Um, Mercedes, gonna run away again?
1: I fear so, actually. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a depressing start. Um, the, uh, the, the, the lap that uh, Nico Rosberg recorded towards the end of the second Barcelona test very much suggests that. Um, I think. The, um, the, the, the others will have made progress, it looks, it certainly looks like Ferrari have. Um, I think Williams are actually going to be closer than they looked in the test and I expect Red Bull have got something in hand because they tend to run very conservatively in testing. So it'll probably be closer than, it, not quite as depressing as it looked at the, the second Barcelona test but they, Mercedes still look to have a clear advantage.
0: So, a fantastic race for second place,
1: yeah? Uh, or third, yeah. Well, but actually, probably a fantastic race for first place because we, we saw several of those last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And then fantastic battles all down the field. We saw several of those last year as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just a different, different seasons throw up different patterns, don't they? And there's always something to look forward to and um, I, th- I think there will be some fantastic battles.
0: Good, okay, well, that, that sets the scene. Um, we're actually going to uh, uh, take questions from you, you, the listener. You are Motorsport Magazine readers as well. So we'll start actually uh, on Mercedes Benz and uh, one from Bill Thomas. And uh, Bill wants to know what will Nico have learned in 2014 about uh, how to handle the inter team relationship and battle with Lewis, and how will he be preparing mentally for 2015? Um, Damien, what's your take on the the the, Ros- the Rosberg Hamilton battle? Well,
2: I think by the end of the year, uh, you know, Nico was well and truly had been well and truly beaten. Um, the Spa thing clearly affected um, everything within the team and his relationship with the team. He seemed to take a huge knock um, from from Monza onwards. Really, you could see that. And it, it took I don't, you know, he never really recovered from yeah. that. Um, the question now is, Nico's a really Intelligent guy and uh, has plenty of reservoirs of strength. Has he recovered over the winter to actually give Lewis um, a run for his money? I I think he's. You know, there's no reason why not. Actually, um, because um, he's not just going to fold. I don't think in this situation. I think it's 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 all all to play for. All starting again in Melbourne. Um, Lewis's tail will obviously be up after coming off the back of that incredible run of races at the end of the year, Um, but. There's, nico nico's you know he he's his father, his father's son isn't he he's he's not um uh he's he's as strong as they come so what what's your what's your take on nico
3: yeah i think he is i think you know mentally he is he is very strong i mean the it's 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 a matter of, you know what can you learn i mean i suppose what he did learn last year is that in a race by and large he you know usually he just isn't as quick as lewis so i don't know how you can sort of really what you can do about that, particularly. I mean, uh, you know. And he didn't yeah. pass him all year, did he? That's the thing. As well. No, I don't think he did. <laughs> I was, was going to say,
4: I mean, I, my, my, my take on it really was it wasn't so much the speed as the, as the track craft. Mm. Because every time you got down to a bare knuckle fight, even when Nico had a quicker car, yep. he clearly had a quicker car with a quicker tower, which we saw two or three times, yep. he was unable to pass Lewis just through sheer you know, force of will on Lewis's part. And, and th- I think that's the biggest separator between them, personally.
3: Yeah. And I agree. I think. I mean, I think Lewis truly really is one of those people, isn't he? You know, fundamentally, his, his, his biggest enemy is himself. And, it looks a know.
0: bit like it sometimes, doesn't well, it? Well,
3: uh, you know, he. I must say, you know, when it, when it was first splashed all over the papers and everything about the, the you know the latest breakup with Nicole Scherzinger, I thought, huh, you know, because we all remember what happened three or four years ago. I mean, he fundamentally went to pieces, didn't he? Um, that, I know the feeling That doesn't seem to be the case uh, From uh, his demeanour in testing Recently, that doesn't seem to be the, the case this time But I, I just wondered if, you know, that might, that
1: might affect things perhaps
0: So a take on this uh, Hamilton-Rosberg
1: situation Yeah, that's always the, the question hanging in the air about Lewis Is his um, fragility ha- Yes, his emotional fragility um, But he is aware of it he is aware of his own weaknesses, and he, he even asks people in the team to help him with them, and says that even when when they have done, he'll say, yeah, but you need to keep on that, because I will do this again. And he is aware, he's very self-aware, actually, okay. um, even though the front he gives is is, is not that. Um, but Nico, I think, will have got under his skin by out-qualifying him uh, over the season last year. Um, Nico, Will he knows these are the defining strokes of his career? Really, he's 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 not going to get a car like this, and he's you know for for very long. And he's 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 you know he's fantastically in a fantastic position to get a lot of success. Uh, but he does have this um, mountain to climb in in um, beating Lewis in the race um, over a sea of, you know consistently. Um, he is. Uh, I think better at fine honing the car and giving himself uh, – I, th- I think that's why we're seeing the qualifying advantage because Lewis just seems to get the car a balance early in the weekend that he can live with and he just adapts to whatever it, it com- what comes after that, um, which is I think the pattern that you see in the races as because the car doesn't stay in the same balance the whole race and so he, j- he just improvises his way around it. Uh, which Nico isn't quite as good at. So yes Nico will have looked in all the fine detail in a lot more depth than Lewis I'm sure um, but I think fundamentally the pattern that we saw last year is, is just that that is them that's who they are that, that they are their strengths and weaknesses and I think we'll see a similar pattern.
0: Okay, well, we, we've, we've pretty much answered Andy Gearing's question at the same time as Bill Thomas's, really, because Andy uh, was talking about Lewis being in, appearing to be in another dark mood following his breakup with the Schatzinger. I'm, but then I'm, I'm,
2: I'm still trying to go over the fact that you said, I know the feeling. Does, does that mean you've been dumped by a pussycat <laughs> as well? <laughs>
0: yes been dumped by my team or by my girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) or both (laughs) (laughs) okay well uh, we'll talk about that some other time Um, okay thank you for the questions let's move on to Ferrari Um, Wow Um, I wonder if they really are have made the improvements they appear to have made mark Um, Dennis Keskin wants to know that if Kimi beats Vettel this year will the world finally see Vettel for who he really is a very good driver who happened to sit in the very best car.
1: It's uh, that's a valid question. Um, I I stood and watched Vettel during that blown floor era and there's absolutely no question that what he was doing with those cars was out of this world. It was incredible to watch. Um, and that was real. Um, but by the same token, he's not driving a car, uh, a more conventional car as well. He hasn't found an edge. Mm. He hasn't, he's still a very competitive driver. Um, he did a fabulous race in Singapore, as late as in the season in Singapore last year he drove a fabulous race. But if you give him a, a conventional car um, with a, a where you can't lean on the, the outside front tyre really hard, he he, he doesn't look as though he's able to do anything with it. He's, he's just brought down to the level, whatever level the car's at. He doesn't seem to be able to transcend mm-hmm. it, which um, he was able to squeeze more out of the the uh, the old type of car than even the car had to give on on occasion. Um, and that and that was real. So to say that. He obviously wasn't doing anything special in that car. I, I don't believe because I stood and no, watched absolutely. it, for, you know, it season after season, corner after corner, and it was, it was, you know, when you see it close up, it's you can see. Blind actually. Yeah,
0: Damien, um, Sebastian Vettel, Ferrari.
2: Yeah, I think um, I'm interested in Nigel's view of this actually because Nigel, you've always, I think, struggled with the idea that a great driver cannot work around um, his style not suited to a car so we've got this actually with both Ferrari drivers haven't we with you know, Kimi's year was a complete write-off last year um, and uh, it's argued and we've seen it with Kimmy with tyres in the past as well you know you, um, the wrong characteristics of the car is he's completely lost mm-hmm. is that a great driver?
3: Well uh, to me a really great driver you know you don't always have a you're not always in Lewis and Nico's position. Or you don't always have a car like that, you know. And quite often in your career, you're going to get junk. Um, and to me, uh, the litmus test of a great driver is, is is not what he does when he's got all the cards in his hand. It's how he copes when he hasn't. Um, so I think a really great driver, w- you know, will just always adapt to what he's got and make the most of it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Complete, complete great driver will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that drivers that are less complete can't achieve greatness if in they the, the right to get circumstances. If they absolutely yep, right. Yeah, yep, that's true. And I think that's what we're looking at with, with SEP. Um, yeah. Whereas somebody like Fernando is unquestionably a great driver in, in all circumstances.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that the Vettel thing last year, and <coughs> fascinating to find out more from him directly at some point this year, actually, is how he dealt with that internally. That realisation that, realization that um, he was a beaten man last year, he,
1: he knew it. Um, he, he did, and he's a very rational man as well. And so although he's deeply, deeply competitive and will have been tearing his hair out trying to understand how Daniel was able to do those things, how go faster and take less from the tyres at the same time. And looking at all the traces and talking to the engineers, he, he will still ultimately have realised, I can't do it. Can't do it as well as that,
0: and that is so bad for your head in a sport where you need to feel. You
1: see, uh, uh, to me, that's the same as
3: as, as Webber has always said. You know, with the blown floor. Yeah, I just couldn't do it as well as he could. And that's yeah, the end of it. That's it. Yeah,
0: Simon.
4: Um, Simon, Aaron. I was, I mean, all I was going to pipe up with was that. Um, I think we do well to remember uh, second half of two thousand and seven oh, and all of two thousand and eight. I know the Toro Rosso Ferrari was a decent car then, but. Seb did not just not not just Monza in the wet, but he was consistently getting far better results with that than people were expecting. Yeah. Maybe 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 it was a better car than we realised. I don't know, but he was. Well, it was a Red Bull, I'd effectively. So with, yeah, I and mean. with a better engine than the, the Renault at the time. Yes, but I mean the Red Bull wasn't quite as strong then as it has since become. And I, I mean we we saw we did see real signs back then of. You know, and particularly in the wet, I mm. uh, think of Brazil 2008 and Monza that year as well, when you, you did see a real spark from yeah. a guy who didn't have the best cars. So there were clues there then, I thought, mm. as to what we saw evolve when, when he did have the blown floor Red Bull. Sure, under It's in-
1: interesting when he was at um, BMW, when he was the uh, Friday driver, and Kubica was the, the one of the race drivers, that they, although you saw Vettel creating a bit of a sensation by heading the times on the Friday with soft tyres and extra yeah, revs yeah, and all yeah, the yeah. things that the Friday driver had, when they were analysing the numbers they consistently came to the conclusion he's about four tenths slower than Robert mm. and that's why they didn't battle very hard to hang on to him when Red Bull claimed him mm. back. But I mean I wouldn't
4: argue with that I,
1: No, <laughs> necessarily. But that puts Yeah, Robert was, I I, I believe, um, a special. Very, very special. I I actually believe he was the best driver. He'd become the best driver on the grid. And actually, Alonso says that. Alonso even says that, yes, that's true.
4: And Lewis has always made the point that coming up through the ranks, he was always the toughest adversary. But I mean, you look at, going back to 2010 now, not 2015, but the three tracks where the driver makes a difference, particularly Spa, Suzuka, Monaco, and he put a car that should have been perhaps seventh or eighth on the grid, second or third every time. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's a shame we're not talking about Robert Kubica when we but look we ahead are. to the. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, let me finish. <laughs> I'm glad you don't come in that often. Um, <laughs> when we look ahead to the um, 2015 Grand Prix season, what a oh. shame that we're not yeah. including Robert Kubica in the lineup. Thank yeah. you. Right, here, here. You, can, you can edit that out if you like. Um, Okay, staying with Ferrari, uh, this question comes from Santiago. I don't, I don't know whether that's the city or the person, but anyway, it comes from Santiago. Do you think, Mark Hughes, whether Ferrari's pace is related to aerodynamics or the engine? Can you, do you have any thoughts on yeah, that?
1: Uh, both, they, but they ha- I would say they've probably made greater gains with the engine, but um, I think they were relatively easy gains to make because last year's engine was compromised, its um, dimensions in terms of cooling and the whole car built around it uh, in favour of aerodynamics and they got the balance a little bit wrong um, so the engine gains I believe are r- relatively easy and there is talk of 80 horsepower more than they had last year wow. which would put them on about a par with last year's Mercedes but of course Mercedes has yeah. advanced yeah. further which is, is always the way um, but uh, they, have I, I believe they've also got a better car aerodynamically as well Um, and certainly uh, the word from the test when um, Seb was looking at the telemetry of last year's car and after he'd driven this year's car he he said this is it's clearly night and day better than last year's car the question is whether that changes where they're at because everybody's improving but they have made a a, a very very big step forward in, in just car-on-car car improvement. Something to look forward to. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think
4: the key—the key, the key there, among other things—is going to be political stability as well. If they can, because mean, after the year they've just had, where virtually everyone from the cleaner to the president got turfed out. Um, I mean, if they have, I mean, James Allison, we all know, is a very gifted technical director. Saw some great cars from him with Enstone, Renault, Lotus, whatever it's called today. Um, you know, if he's allowed time to build up his own squad yeah, without yeah. any interference from on high i think yeah that's that's going to be absolutely critical as well
0: political stability in an italian racing team
4: well, right they had, well they had it for a very long time look forward to that <laughs> they had it for a very long time yeah, though, with they the, did they did
0: todd Braun era yeah they did they did with a frenchman and an englishman running the, it yeah. the, the, the
1: key to that stability was the fact that ross and john protected the internals of the team from the top management and the worrying thing because I I don't know this for certain but the word was that when um, Arriva Benny was appointed uh, on the sporting side that Ross uh, was offered the role of team principal and he uh, was interested but uh, under certain stipulations. Yeah. Uh, in other words, I would imagine he wanted the same arrangement as before whereby he runs it. Yeah. And um, apparently Mar- Marcioni couldn't agree to those terms. Uh, so that's yeah. a worrying, <laughs> if, if that's <laughs> true, that, that's a that's worrying a worry. sign for the future. Because if you, you at that level, running, running an F1 team is far too intense to be able to do it. At that level, from so high up, yeah, one, two, two steps removed, sure. the, 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 you have to have somebody in the field who the, who, who actually runs it properly.
0: Yeah. I tell you what, if I was a Riva Benny and I was offered Ross Brown, I'd take it, wouldn't you, <laughs> Nigel? Nigel well, Benny
3: seems to be—he uh, certainly seems to be on a communication level somewhat better than yeah. Mattiacci, doesn't yeah, he? Already, yeah. I mean, Mattiacci, yeah, yeah. you know, was a catastrophe, wasn't he?
0: Looks, yes, yeah, absolutely.
3: And it's very interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. Anyway, I'd love to know what the story is there, because why, when he was pitched from the F1 team, was he pitched mm. from from Ferrari? Full stop. Mm. I mean, after all, he arrived with a pretty powerful reputation. Sure. As a you know, in terms of how many Ferraris he flogged in. Sure. The USA and so Probably on. Probably best so we don't speculate. Well, on. I just, I just, I'm, di- I'm just interested. You know. Well, absolutely. I, yeah. I would yeah. love to know.
0: Well, we, we yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think we've got to move. We've got to move on because we're trying to cover the the whole of the twenty fifteen uh, season to look ahead to it. Anyway, so if we move on to McLaren, ah, oh, wow, uh, dr- drama, drama. Um, Frederico Pinero de Mello, there. He wants to know: um, Do we really know what happened to Fernando Alonso? Um, are we looking at a similar situation to what happened to Dario Franchitti and actually to Gilles de Ferran, in fact? Um, Mark, let's start with you because, um, I mean, you know, so much speculation, so much gossip, if you like. Mm. Do
1: we know what... what? No, we don't. Um, and I don't think anyone does because I think it's fair to say that the team don't fully understand what they see on the telemetry from the accident. They know there was no problem with the car, um, they know he was braking and changing down right up to the moment of impact, but they don't understand everything they're seeing on the telemetry and Fernando can't tell them because he can't remember from yeah. the, the, the concussion. So uh, no, we it, it, it at this moment in time it, it is mystery. The, 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 the he lost it on the um, artificial grass. His accident was very similar to the one Pastor Maldonado had at the same corner uh, mm-hmm. in practice for the Grand Prix last year. So it's not, uh, it's not an unusual accident. And the wind's very high. So it, yes, it's um, we 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 know that it, we, it, it was conventional. It, it began in a conventional yeah. way. Yeah, sure. Um, what happened between him losing it and the first impact is is a bit of a mystery.
0: Damien, I mean, this is. Um Obviously, it's a big story, but but yet ag- again, I mean, the, the speculation, speculation. Um, a guy takes a very bad bang on the head, and it's probably best he doesn't race a fortnight after that, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's a given, isn't it? I mean, with, a, with this sort of concussion, um, a second bang could be very, very serious for him. So it's the right decision for him not to race in Australia. And I think the question is, you know, will he race in Malaysia? And if he doesn't race in Malaysia, then there's going to be some serious um ramifications for the team and some even bigger questions to answer. I think one of the interesting elements about this is that it's McLaren that this has happened to and I think there's a lack of trust um when when it comes to McLaren these days because of the um the way the team is managed. Mm. You know, It's um, I- interesting, yeah. And I think, you know, it's 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 sometimes hard to take them take them at face value. Um when when Ron Dennis is, is in charge, I think it was different in the wa- Martin Whitmarsh era. But um, there's a lot of history there, isn't there? And you know, I think the way they ha- they've handled it from a, <coughs> um, a media point of view has been a little bit
4: strange.
0: You know, well, the they've sp- almost caused more uh, speculation and intrigue.
4: They've raised more. Yeah, I mean, they've raised far more questions than they've answered. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the most recent press release at the time of speaking had a whole paragraph telling us how well Fernando was and how he was great, nothing was wrong with him. Then second paragraph said, but, and then paragraph three came to the point, which is, oh, by the way, you can't race in Australia. And it's, there's, if they just went and said, right, you know, he's had, a, he's had a nasty concussion, doctors say a second one could be very serious, you, you'd accept that. And it is, I mean, it's been um, a subject much discussed in international sport of late, uh, rugby players yeah, have been yeah. sidelined for several weeks yeah. because of a concussion. Yeah. Footballers, there's yeah. no advice. I mean, I played Sunday League football in altering in the 70s and I got kicked in the head quite often as a goalkeeper. as part of the job. But are you okay now, are
0: you? No, no. You never got but, over
4: but, it. But, but, um, but, I mean, goalkeepers now getting a bang on the head. The advice is get off the pitch. And yeah. there's a very moving interview with a rugby father on the radio a few weeks ago. His teenage son had been concussed. And as kids, I want to do, back on the pitch next weekend, same thing happened, and he died on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there is no question, as Damien said, that, I mean, there was all these people saying, oh, well, you know, he's had a million volts go through him or whatever. I mean, the, there is no question that... I don't think a, so. <clears throat> con- you know, the, the secondary concussion within weeks of the first can be dreadfully serious. Oh, absolutely. So, it, it, but I, as everyone has said, I just think that, you know, the media management of the whole thing has yeah. been a bit um, sketchy. I but think
3: part of the problem is that, you know, the impression has been that, for a start, they're not all singing from the same hymn sheet, are they? The, what, only Ron knows <laughs> why he told the world that Fernando wasn't concussed. Yeah. and I mean, you know, God knows. But in point of fact, you know, years in, in the, in the 20 years ago, NASCAR driver Neil Bonnet, who had had a bang on the head several times, was a top driver. A lot of races, yeah, but he retired on medical advice, and he did th- commentary for three or four years, and then was offered a car for the Daytona five hundred in ninety four and he 'd missed it desperately, and he just couldn 't resist and sure. accepted it, and in practice was involved in somebody else 's accident uh, hit the wall, not particularly hard in fact, um, but they, they, they took him out of the car he was dead. Mm.
0: I think the more, you know, the, the more interesting part of this story really is how the accident occurred rather than what is the matter with Alonso right now, because, um, anyway, Mark, do you think we'll, we'll all know exactly what happened one day or not? Probably not, actually. Probably not,
1: unless, no. unless Fernando's memory comes back. Sure.
0: Okay. Let's move on. Um, let's move on and try not to be too uh, biased, because we're going to talk about Williams. Um, And Scott uh, sends in a a good question, which is, if Williams is able to maintain its 2014 form, do we think it's possible, or even likely, that they will attract a manufacturer either as a works engine supplier or as an investor? Because at the moment, they have a a customer, Mercedes engine, Mark. Um, Is Williams on a gradual upward
1: uh, curve? It is, isn't it? Yes, I'd say it is. Um, I think the Mercedes engine is helped them enormously in um, uh, I- in becoming more competitive, but at the same time, they've built a, a structure um, and taken full advantage of that um, yeah. to get get them back on um, an even keel. <laughs> and yeah, if if you were a manufacturer looking to go into a partnership with a, a team, they'd they'd, they'd be they'd be a good one. Yes, right at the top of a the list. Um, they they're probably hoping that it, it happens not quite immediately because they they currently have a sure. big engine advantage but
0: sure. um yeah we'll, we'll see Damien we li- we like we like Williams doing well don't we
2: Yeah we we do um I, I think last year they you know they not all the pieces were quite in place to to they didn't quite have the killer instinct to actually deliver the you know the one or two wins that maybe they they could have done um and it'll be interesting to see if that's changed this year, I, don't know, um, I think you know, they'll, they'll be competitive. I mean, what Mark Bottas, for you, is just ready and waiting, isn't he? To start yeah, I mean, if,
1: if, if Bottas and a, uh, a Mercedes would be fighting for the championship, I'm sure, just as Nico and Lewis would. Um, whether he's able to bridge the gap I don't know because I think it's quite a still a significant gap. Um, they feel they're about seven tenths off, um, which puts them in play for best of the rest. Um, but that's that's ask, asking a lot for a driver to to to, to find that. But you know there are days when things fall in your favour that uh, you, know, you they should be around a bit to to benefit, pick up pieces up.
2: Wh- what do we think about the job Massa does because? Mm-hmm. I I know that people in the team rate him, and, and um, I just wonder whether it's time to give someone else a shot at that at that seat. What?
4: Uh I think he probably see, suits Williams's needs right now. I mean, when Pat Simmons was in for a podcast a few months ago, he he made the point that he doesn't think the team in its state, current state of evolution is ready for a a real sort of Alonso-style top liner. Um, so I can, I can see that Massa, as things stand, he'll, he'll do a very solid job, he'll score loads of points, he'll get a few podiums. Um, and I think where they are now, he's probably, that's probably a, a very comfortable fit. They, you know, they haven't got a car that's gonna challenge for the title. With the best of respect to Massa, just somebody who can do a good, good solid job, I think is probably about right now. But I think next year, you might well be in the, you know, hunting for somebody of a slightly higher calibre, personally.
3: Yeah, I mean, he can, uh, the thing about Felipe is he, he was he's never been the most consistent driver, you look back over it. I mean, apart from that period of Ferrari when he, you know, could and maybe sh- maybe should have been world champion when he was when he was you know he was winning 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 yeah um but otherwise he's 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 always been a bit up and down but but even now he can still produce a performance that can surprise you i mean look at the look at the end of last season look at yeah, uh, look true. at abu dhabi
1: yeah now he can still string a up together yeah he can um it's not you know stringing Four or five of them together to the same tenth is not what he does, but he he, he is quick. He's you know he's very quick.
2: Um but shouldn't they have someone who should be stringing them together? Someone who could actually be challenging Bottas every every week. I mean Bottas last year, amazing consistency in the second half of last year. Yeah. Um, it was you know um, he was taking the team where, where you think they they should be. Should you know shouldn't this, the second driver be doing that week in week out as well?
0: I guess the thing is that, w- that that a year ago they weren't in a position to be attracting a really top driver, were they? Would that be right? And mm. r- and now perhaps they are. And who would that be? I guess. That
1: yeah, that's that's the next. It's quite difficult because there tend yeah. to yeah, be
3: still budgetary difficult. considerations with with Williams. That's, that's Yeah. That. I mean, I remember you know mo- as you were saying when 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 Pat was in to do the podcast, um, and it was at the time when Alonso looked as though he was going to leave Ferrari and. And we said, you know, well, what about, you know? And he just said, we're not ready for Fernando mm. in 2015. 2016, maybe, but 2015, no. But interestingly, when I said the same thing to Rob Smedley in, in, in towards the end of the year, he said, Jesus, I'll have him tomorrow. Mm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, sorry
2: to, have, we, we skipped over McLaren quite quickly. I just wondered, if I can get everyone's opinions on uh, on where they're at, because you know the headlines are they've had a terrible winter, mm-hmm. dreadful pre-season testing in terms of reliability. But I mean Mark, you've written on the website um, su- suggesting that actually pace-wise they could well be you know, not far off.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean we we've no idea from testing because the thing is never run cleanly, and they're not they've been run in very detuned form because of the uh, reliability. Uh, concerns um, but the little feedback there's been from the drivers and ob- observations from the circuit is that the car works pretty good mm. and it should be because it's, it's essentially a Red Bull by the look mm. of it and um, the contours are remarkably similar so if it's aerodynamically as good as a Red Bull which you suppose it should be mm. all that Honda needs to be is just okay and the car is the car is competitive, They're not not with a Mercedes, perhaps, but if Honda's done a really exceptional job, once it gets past through, we, we we don't know what the performance of that engine is, um, and it it could be that it's a it's brilliant. What if it turns out to be a brilliant engine? Then then it's something. So I think that is the most intriguing unknown as we go into the season. Uh, just how quick is that car? We've no idea. Mm. And the other, the
3: other thing I'd say just while we're on that is that if it does turn out to be fundamentally a very, g- very good car, mm. um, I, I also don't think there'll be as much of a gap between Button and Alonso no, as, uh, absolutely. as, as, as people seem Yeah, if seem it's a well-balanced car, that's, uh, that's yeah. a very closely matched Yeah, contest. I think if it had been last year's car, I don't think Jensen would have gone no. near Fernando, mm, but no. but in a in a car, he's yeah, I think he'd be...
1: Yeah, so do I. But
3: it would
0: be unusual, wouldn't it, if Honda didn't produce a great engine, wouldn't it? I mean, if you look at, on
1: average, over the decades. Mm, there's two schools of thought on that. You could say it's got a fantastic heritage and it's um, one of the great R&D-driven yeah. industrial concerns in the world and uh, the, all, all those things. Uh, but You could also say the last great F1 engine it did was a um, quarter of a century ago. Mm-hmm. And that the V8 and V10 ones were nothing yeah. special. Yeah. So yeah,
3: take your pick. Uh, I mean, I know, I know for what it's worth, and we'll never know, will we? But the uh, uh, Ross did say to me once that that the engine that never was, the engine that they should have had in uh, in '09, when Honda abruptly quit yeah. um, r- r- for whatever reason, Ross was absolutely convinced it was going to be a sensational engine, mm. um, and of course it was. just... Quite, the Merc was, wasn't wa- bad though, put was away it? in the corner.
4: Huh? The Merc wasn't bad, though. Was no, it, it? wasn't bad. Know. No, no, no. But he, but he, but he, <laughs>
3: actually, he actually said that he had been looking forward to that season. From he was yeah. absolutely sure Honda were going to be mm. right on it.
0: I think the car itself looks great. It really does. I mean, when I say looks great, I mean it. Lo- it looks like a really good racing car. You know how some, some, some do and some don't. Which I guess is no surprise with the, the. Um, yeah. The cle- one of the cleverest men at Red Bull joining McLaren. Yeah, quite. quite. <laughs> okay. Certain
1: angles it looks better than others. Uh, yeah. Rear three quarters it looks beautiful. Yeah. Side on, not so good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, that answers very neatly Paul Makoski's question. So thank you for reminding me, Damien. Hope you won't be seeing me later. um Right, let's uh, take one final question. we just go quickly back to Williams. It's a quick question from Sean Martin, who says um, that behind the boyish smile of Valtteri Bottas, he thinks he sees an assassin. (laughs) So he'd like to see him move to a bigger, better team. Uh, uh, What do we know about the
1: contractual situation, Mark? Um, He's um, he's managed by Toto Wolff. I Um. think it was interesting that... um, during the um the the off season because lewis is still not uh signed a contract right. beyond the end of,
0: of this year for a million pounds a week or something or uh, whatever yeah
1: um <laughs> that Toto was very um public about well if we can't do a deal with lewis we'll um we'll look at fernando or valtteri mm. um so we uh, again okay. uh, yep, yeah. i think that's
3: it, it is rather extraordinary the way it is these days with, the, with some people, isn't it? The sort of talks are beginning and then three months later talks are continuing. You think, what the hell are they talking about? Money. Yes, <laughs> well, exactly. But, but why does it take months and months and months?
1: Because he wants twice as much yes, as they ex- would
0: have exactly. paid. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I don't know, when I talk about money, it takes about a minute and a half. So it's, it's, it's the answer's usually no. And but the, the, but it, it's like,
3: you know, it's like, it's like sort of, a huge movie and trying to yeah. sign you know
4: well, you have also now got eight layers of management dealing with yeah. with every layer you know. yeah.
0: well i don't know i you know i think if I think if a racing driver is asking for a million pounds a week i th- i think you'd need to spend a little bit of time before you before you decided whether or
3: not I I think I might have certain advice for him Okay. (laughs) Okay. don't don't bother me
0: which brings us very very neatly onto the finances the finances of of Grand Prix racing and um, Michael Jobin or Jobin it can't be it could be either couldn't it (laughs) sorry Michael Um, Force India and Sauber not in fantastic shape we understand Uh, Marussia scraping in for 2015 with an updated 2014 car. Um, Mark, things are better than they were uh, towards the end of last year, aren't they? Because uh, Bernie Ecclestone has now given money, I understand, to Sauber and Force India to to help them out. Um,
1: Do you think we'll have all the teams left by the end of the year? I don't know. I I wouldn't be confident in saying that. I really don't. The the business model is... Wrong and flawed, and it's one thing advancing TV money to keep cash flow going, but it the, the big teams have got too much of, the, of of the the slice that's left after the owners have taken their slice, and the three teams that are left just it, it they still have to build a car that is yeah. competitive. Yeah. or try to build a car that's within 107% yeah. of the big teams yeah. on a fraction yeah. of the budget yeah. and don't get anything like the income. Even if they do well, mm. they don't get anything like the income. Um, and it, it it's, it's, it's had a, a, a knock-on effect. The you know the, the Mauritius and Caterham thing, what you don't see is the difficulty the, s- the suppliers to those teams were sure. put in. And that has had a knock-on effect on, on, on to Force India, for example, because the suppliers were now, d- because of they'd been stung by yep. the K- K- from K- Russia, they yeah. needed money in advance, yeah. which yeah. I- impacts on the cash flow of you know, the smaller independent teams. And so they were late starting because they couldn't pay until late. And so they're now two steps behind, having only you know, just started their test program. Um, so that, that y- you can see how it, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious circle, and it's nowhere near resolved. I wouldn't say um, we're in a better shape at all.
4: Can I just throw in a bit of bloke maths I did a week or two back? Um, I think Mercedes' current budget is about, what, 300 million euros, 350, something like that? Something of that order. Last year, Nico Rosberg pulled up in Monaco, I think it was a 15.9 something. Um Julian Palmer pulled up in Monaco, GP2 was uh, 4.8 seconds off. It costs 1.5 million euros a season to run a GP2 car it costs about 150 million euros a season to run one of those Mercs. Now, you're comparing apples and oranges because, you know, one's a spec racer off the shelf, one, one team's got to research, mm-hmm. you know, design, develop its own cars, etc., etc., et cetera, et cetera. And there are more races in far-flung places and bigger teams and so on and so forth. But, I mean, going from one and a half million to 150 million to find 4.8 seconds, all right, might be a bigger gap around along a longer circuit, it would be seven seconds or something. The scale is just wrong to me.
1: Yeah, it
4: it just, the scale just seems bizarre. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: It's, that, it's that scale because the money was there. Yeah, absolutely. Before yeah. the crash. Yeah. Yeah. So because it was there, that's what it cost. Mm. Yeah, I know, but, but it's just then, wrong. <laughs> then you're left with the great big huge white elephant factories, mm. but yeah. no money. Yeah. So therefore, you have to take the money that. Could be spread more equitably otherwise. Mm. Yeah, uh, oh, absolutely. Therefore, you have the little teams going out of business.
4: Mm. But I mean, you just on a fraction, a tiny, tiny fraction of what they're spending, you can cultivate decent performance.
1: Yeah. A, a cost cap has got, is is the only logical. No, I way agree. Of going. I agree yeah. completely. I agree completely. And it, it, yes, it's much easier said than done. But a cost cap and a and a, a vicious one yeah. is the only way to do it. And then you can open out the technical freedoms.
4: Absolutely. Uh, well, something I've been banging on about for years. I'd would love to see just a, a, you know, a single sheet of A4 as the regulations, you know, this long, this wide, this high, this minimum yeah. weight, and you know, if it runs on yeah.
1: Yeah. hot oh, chocolate, it, it, fine. it has to pass the, the safety. Yeah, absolutely. All, all yes, safety it, tests. yeah, uh, absolutely. You can't spend more than this, but you can do what you want. Mm,
4: absolutely. Yeah. And well, if it runs on hot chocolate, fine.
3: Yeah, and we've got the Dread Strategy Group. And I I mean, I think you know we've agreed so many times for so many years that you know fundamentally all the problems Formula One has go back to Max selling the the rights to Bernie for bugger all, and which Bernie then moved on at certain profit and put the business in most people's hands into you know into the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. But I think you know that's one thing, and the other thing that I really hate about modern Formula One is the strategy crew.
1: Even uh, the people in the strategy group are agreeing that they can't agree anything. Yeah, I know, work. I know, <laughs> I know.
3: Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't like the idea that certain competitors, essentially certain competitors have a say in Formula One and certain competitors do not. I just think it's...
0: As, as, as mm. Mark says, the business model is flawed.
2: Yeah, I mean, a year ago we, we published our manifesto uh, of how yeah. we how we would fix the sport if we if we were given the yeah. you know, the reins and every issue of the magazine and regularly on the website you know this subject has been covered and we've been very outspoken all the way through about what's wrong and how it's broken um, and we'll continue. To voice that, when the, you know, without trying to bore people because it it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's sure. repeat you, know, re, you feel like repeating ourselves over and over again on this subject. Um, the thing that that concerns me is you know how do we actually reach rest- how does it actually happen how does the restructure happen how does the, the sport fix itself without actually um, collapsing first because um, there doesn't seem to be the, and n- there's no one with power or desire to actually fix it as it stands the strategy group we just said you know that's not an answer clearly they can't they can't decide you know anything at all Um, is it is the only way for this to work is is for this you know for more teams to go and for the team the, the, the sport to implode
0: I guess one thing is that if you took away CVC who who are creaming off a lot of money and it was run by a dictator one dictator who had the will I thought it was (laughs) <laughs> well it isn't really it
1: isn't really there is it because he is, he's an employee at the end of the day the thing yes. is that that's,
0: that's not, not going to happen anyway because if and CBC
3: was almost replaced
2: if CBC sold their their share um, someone else would buy it and would'd be, be in the same boat because it would be another um,
1: if they were enlightened enough to put in a, uh, a dictator it, w- it, w- yes. it, w- it would
3: it would be more the same wouldn't it I mean it's just the same yeah. in GP you know Donna is owned is owned by a, a, a
4: Private equity what group.
3: What Ken used to call <laughs> a bunch of asset strippers. <laughs> um, so it's exactly the same. It's, I mean, you know, and, and, and in motor in GP they hate the. I can't, I'm oh. Trying to remember, it's uh, it's the name of the co- the company that owns Dorna. But but they're about as popular in in motor GP as, as yeah. CVC is in Formula I One. I, I it's inevitably f- go, it's going to happen, isn't it?
1: I've long felt. Uh, A lot of the problems of Formula One would go away if 80% of the money disappeared.
0: Yeah. Yes. It would become
1: much, much simpler. Um, Have the commercial potential, but so what? Maybe, maybe,
0: maybe, you know, I mean, say if we lost, say, two or three teams in one year, that, that would be dramatic. And then maybe there'd be action. I wouldn't bet on it. Okay.
3: And uh, as Rob Walker would say, um, there'd be much nicer people in the paddock. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, as things stand, Rob, we've lost a, we've lost a couple and nearly a third since 2012 and still nothing's happened.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay. Um,
0: Simon M's question from Simon. Uh, Justin King, who used to run Sainsbury's, is now uh, helping Manor. Um, Simon wants to know, is this any evidence of, of Mr Ecclestone? planning a succession, the fact that Justin King has come in from a company like Sainsbury's with a Formula 1 team?
1: I would say no. What would you say? I suspect no, but it's interesting that um, someone like that wants to get involved. But no, I don't think it's a succession plan. No.
4: Someone like that wants to get involved while well, he's got a son who's racing in GP2. That, uh, yeah. that might be a yeah. longer, longer term part of the strategy. Yeah. Sure.
0: Okay. And, and, and the team has been saved by the man from OVO Energy. Mm. Yeah. You'd have thought he'd have gone to Formula E, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> okay. I, uh, let's, go, let's talk about, um, I was going to say power units, but actually uh, I want to say engines. So we're going to talk about engines. Um, Kevin Joyce, question from Kevin. Have Ferrari or Renault or Honda, do we think, copied any of the Mercedes, uh, anything about the Mercedes engine uh, coming into this season? Mark, do you th- is that...
1: I think um, in, in broad terms, um, there's probably been a, a rebalance of the compromise between mechanical and electrical energy, which Mercedes got hit the hit nail yeah. full on straight yeah. away. Um, but in terms of specific... Design features like the, the Merck's front mounted turbine? Mm-hmm. Um, no. No, because. Um, but there is, we believe, um, a Mario Illion led uh, upgrade of the Renault due mid season. Uh, it would be interesting to see if that takes any lead from the mm. Mercedes power unit. But the one that they're starting the season with is essentially um, it has different. Um, balance between mechanical and and electrical energy more uh, towards Mercedes philosophy but in terms of the hardware it's it's the compressor and turbines in a conventional place just as is the Ferraris. The Honda's is slightly different but it hasn't copied the Merck layout.
0: Yeah okay it's all it's all again exciting and intriguing isn't it. Hmm. Um, Damien, so your take on um, the whole engine, you know, the current engine situation in Formula One, where we, unlike the WEC, which is a much more interesting situation as regards hybrid, actually, then because Formula One is incredibly restrictive. The rules are fantastically restrictive, aren't they? I mean, you can't. There's, they, there's very little anyone can do within the rules.
2: Yeah, I once asked Andy Cowell, you know, why Formula One couldn't go down a similar route to the. To the ACO in terms of how they mm. um, open up the engine rules, and he said it's too, political. too that was his answer. political. He was very, very dismissive, and and basically said that you know the, the likes of Audi would have too much influence and, and writing the rules, and um, uh, it becomes then who has the power in terms of who can actually get you know, and you end up with balances of performance, yeah. which isn't in the ethos of what Formula One's all about. But you have to say in sports car racing, it it does appear to work and for me the most interesting car we've had launched this year is the Nissan you know nothing to do with Formula 1 so I don't know Mark what what do you you think on that is there there scope for an an open formula
1: In in engine competition you mean Um, there would be if you put a cost cap in place which brings us back to where (laughs) we were before (coughs) (coughs) but without it no No. because uh, if you just Give everyone unlimited technical scope and unlimited money, then whoever was the most committed would dominate, mm. and the rest would go. And that, you know, then we're we're left with yeah you know, spec formula essentially. Yeah. So now. But
2: the the current engine formula in Formula One for me is I think it's, it's, it's works, Not, not it? bad, yeah.
3: I agree. I think it needs more power. Um, I've now because I see him and Nicky has been the last 24 hours been on again about these things. Are too easy to drive. Mm. You know. Mickey Louder. Yeah. yeah. He, then he's sort of saying, it. sure Verstappen is extraordinarily talented, but it shouldn't be the case that you can mm. simply, at that age, jump from what he was doing into Formula One and take yeah. to it mm. instantly.
1: Mm. But it's, I mean, I, th- I, think, I think there's something in we it. We were talking about this in the, the last podcast that the, there is a conflict between making the cars. Um, more demanding to drive and how good they look on track because what to us looks fantastic is seeing them struggle to put the Mm -hmm. torque down onto the road and um, being busy with the steering and you know using bits of track that didn't even know was there in the v8 era looks fantastic but to them it's just child's play that's easier for them the the demanding stuff is the the heavy Downforce cars, mm, okay. um, which to stand and watch looks dull. Yeah. So, if you make the cars truly demanding for the drivers, give them so much grip that it really sorts the men out for the boys, they look terrible. So, there, there's that. That's the modern. That's the modern dilemma. So, you you can't have it both ways. You, you, we have to make a choice of what what, what what we want. Do we want it to look? Fantastic from and spectacular from the outside, but for it to be fairly self-leveling in terms of uh, the, the, the top echelon of drivers? Or, or do we want it to sort the men out from the boys, but for it to look dull? Because that, that's essentially what we have.
2: I mean, in terms of entertainment, if we're looking at, at it from a, a, you know, was that an enjoyable race point of view? There was a string of races last year. Yep. Which were is just fabulous, isn't
1: was isn't it?
3: Yeah. In, in yeah. those terms, it was the best season for a long, no, long and time. D- and d-
2: despite d- the fact you had one team dominating.
1: Yeah. yeah, and there's so much negativity around the sport because of the business aspects of it. that It sort of feeds on itself and mm. it, 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 it's, it's a shame because there is the, 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 the cars are fantastic to watch mm. and so there was some fantastic racing last year. And when you're reminded of that, when you look back to some seasons that are remembered as the good old days, and they were awful. When you look back, and when you look at YouTube videos, you think, yeah. God, how did we watch that? Yeah. Mm. Um, we haven't talked about Red
0: Bull, and we should, because um, Adrian Newey will be taking less of a, uh, a role in things this year. Will
1: no. he?
4: Are what you sure? I'm not, I'm not convinced <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> about I'm not.
0: I'm throwing out a point for discussion. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. You want to discuss it, I can tell.
1: Yeah, well, it's Adrian that um, decided he was going to step back. Um, but, I ah, know, yeah, he seems to have stepped back in. He's prowling up and down the pit lane, at <laughs> testing. Uh, yeah. um, I would, uh, he, He's still a part of the, the technical group. He still feeds into the technical group. Um, and basically, Christian said, well, you can be as involved as you want to be. Um, and he's, he's played a blinder, and not, he's prevented him going elsewhere which is, you know, th- was the number one priority, Absolutely. Um, but he's, he's left it open for him to yeah. be as involved as he wants. I suspect him because you know, he can remember when he left McLaren to come to Red Bull, he, one of the things he wanted was to work a three-day week. Hmm. Christian said fine, and I think by the fourth day he was there he'd already broken that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think something similar might happen again. Yeah. Okay. He's, a,
2: he's a competition junkie isn't he he's yeah, yeah, completely hooked yeah, and yeah. the, the biggest competition out there yeah. is Formula 1 and yeah. he can't leave and it I alone. think
1: every now and again he has a crisis and thinks oh I, I really should be doing something else and, and then yeah. it's, it's easy to decide that but it's less easy to well he, did, know, he did consider to the, replace it with.
0: the America's Cup didn't he but mm. he, deci- he decided actually that it was as much travelling as Formula 1 <laughs> yes <laughs> so you <so laughs> as <but> well stay <laughs> where you are it's, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, but, but but Daniel Kvyat. I mean, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the young the young guys. Um, you know, we've got Carlos Sainz Jr., we've got Max Verstappen, we've got Daniel Kvyat, we've got Felipe Nasra, Marcus Ericsson. Blimey, mm. this is this is something to look forward to. One of them might be a, a huge
1: surprise. Yeah, I think so. Um, Verstappen comes with a huge expectation well, around yeah. him. Um, I think. Um you know there there are people who have worked with him who swear he's the best driver they've ever seen um there are people comparing him to senna Helmut marker is already comparing him to senna um so he has a lot to live up to um and it, you know it's you don't envy him uh, having that sort of buzz around him but yeah, it's, it it just adds to the challenge doesn't it Exciting. and i think Exciting. that that is going to be one of the um you know the the stories of the season, watching how that all develops.
4: Yep. He's, also, he's also guaranteed to be the youngest Formula One driver ever, isn't, isn't he, under the hmm. under the current regulations? Yep. I mean, I, I, I was grabbed by um, an engineer, a junior race team engineer, a lot of F1 experience, somebody I respect, Silverstone last year, and he just bounded over to me and asked me if I'd seen Max Verstappen racing. And I said no, and he spent 20 minutes telling me that he was just the best. He wasn't working with him, he was racing against him. And he just said, you know, his race craft and everything else, for a guy of that age, he said it was... It was the best, best he'd seen at uh, at that time. Of the, of the others, um, I'm intrigued by Carlos Sainz because any other driver on the Red Bull programme would have been pitched long ago. I mean, he didn't do that well in British Formula 3. He got blown off in GP3. Yeah. And still, they kept him on, and, and he won the Renault 3-5 yeah. Championship last year, fair play. Um, not sure the depth of competition was as strong as it might have been in other series, but... I mean he's the it's it's old for Red Bull to keep I know in he's got a famous name and stuff
1: but why did he stay on and Felix da Costa didn't the example, example. Yeah, yeah. That's well exactly well, well, right. absolutely because
4: yeah. Felix De Costa at the end of 2012 wasn't mm. it um, when he just won Macau he'd yeah, yeah. Been winning he winning races looked, he, he looked absolutely he really but there was no space and mm-hmm. when the music stopped yeah. he was in the wrong place and I mean he's still with Red Bull but he's mm. doing flipping DTM yeah. Well, um, it seems to be the case
3: odd. every two mm. years they have a clear out at Toro Rossa, yeah. don't they? And if you happen to be in the right place at the yes. right time, then... Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know. I mean,
4: even now, I mean, had I been Helmut Marco six months ago, I'd have been getting on the phone to Antonio Felix da Costa and saying, right, mm-hmm. we've got, we've got you know, Fettel's moving on, we're shifting Kvyat upstairs, mm-hmm. come and have a go. Um, given his track record relative to yeah. Carlos Sainz's. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I know Sainz did have a good season last year, but prior to that, mm-hmm. he'd been fairly disappointing. And in GP3, his racecraft was appalling sometimes. He had some shocking accidents in silly places, just through desperation, mm. it seemed. But, you know, maybe, I mean, I remember chatting to Christian Horner a couple of years ago, and he said when he tested the Red Bull during the young driver tests, he had been very impressive. So maybe, for whatever reason, with the, you know, with the properly powerful car, it'll suit
1: him. Maybe you know, one of those guys. Mm. Just, yeah. It's yeah. an
2: interesting thing, Is we were talking before we started recording about, you know, both... Uh, Kevin Magnussen and Max Verstappen are very different characters to their fathers, both of whom, you know, were the next big thing when they when yeah. they came in. Yeah. And it didn't quite happen yeah. for them. And until they actually get there into Formula 1, no matter what they've done in the junior stuff, it really almost counts for nothing, doesn't it, until yeah. they actually
4: mm-hmm. get there. Absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. Felipe Nasra, Marcus Ericsson. Yeah, Nas- Nasra can drive a car fast yeah. um, he is quick. Yeah. Uh, his race craft in GP2 was... Uh, not not good initially, but um it developed, didn't it? He? he did,
4: yeah. I mean towards the end of the last year he had a couple of good races where yeah. he was passing bit but I mean when he was leading a race out front on his own under no looked real pressure. Very convincing. He he looked yeah. very convincing yeah. indeed. Yeah. yeah. He ain't gonna be doing that
0: this year though, isn't But he? I mean if you wanted
4: no. a you wanted a racing driver, yeah. but the emphasis on racing out of GP two last year you'd have taken Jerry Palmer every day yeah. of the week. Because yeah. I mean his racecraft is fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um but I mean NASA's not you know, he's not a Muppet. He's he can. No,
1: he's, he's he he can, can he, he, a five-person he, Formula One. Oh, yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. But,
4: but it, there were question marks, but certainly about as about his about his racecraft. Marcus Ericsson gets a lot of flack because he's bringing, I believe, 18 million reasons to r- r- rumored to be in Formula One. But wow. I mean, again, he didn't convince in GP two as his record in Formula Three suggested he should have done. But again, he, he won the Japanese Formula Three title. You know, he's not. And towards the end of last year, when they got the steering sorted to his liking, he, yeah, he, he came on yeah. much better, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and they gave him the updated car. Um, he was suddenly quick. Suzuka mm. was where it suddenly switched on.
4: Suzuka, where he'd raced a lot, admittedly, but he, I mean, yeah. yes, he was, he absolutely, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was looking
1: good there.
0: Good, much, tons to look forward to. I can't wait. Actually, well, we don't have to wait very long. It's a week, isn't it? Mm. Wow. Yes, this time next week.
2: Mark's just been sitting around all winter
1: waiting. Yes, to, uh, you yes. Know.
0: <laughs> I wanted you to say that, not me. Because <laughs> he he's gone fa- rather sc- sc- close to me, you know. Screen save mode. <laughs> 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 Nothing happens. Okay. Uh, it would be fun if we were all going to Australia, wouldn't it? That would be good, but we're not. Okay. Um, let's sum up 2015 Grand Prix season. Mark, um, you said at the beginning that you feared that it would be Mercedes all over again. But uh, you think,
1: in general, the racing will be a lot closer? I think um, that the the gap will have closed. Um, I'd be surprised if they win all but three races yeah, in yeah. 2015 like they did in fourteen. Yeah, yeah. But it's difficult to look past one of the Mercedes drivers f- uh, for the, the, the title. But, uh, yeah, uh, certainly in the second half of the season, uh, I'd like to think that we might um, see them being challenged on a r- or more regular basis.
0: Yeah, and
1: Damien, what's your?
0: How do you think it'll all go?
2: I think it's very hard to see past the Lewis Hamilton championship um, at this stage. You know, could be proved wrong. Have been in the past many times, but um, <laughs> you know, it's hard to see past that as it stands. But there's nothing to suggest that we're in for a dull season. I think it's there's just so many um, fascinating uh, unknowns heading in. You know the McLaren Honda thing is amazing, and I do. I do. You know, f- from Alonso's point of view, from a personal point of view, I hope he's okay and that he, he he comes back and he's his old self. Um, but you know, seeing how he's going to fit in with that that whole scenario is going to be amazing to watch. And against a fully fit Alonso against Jenson Button, um, the, the Red Bull situation, the Ferrari situation, is this Kimi's last year? Can he actually do anything about Vettel? You know, it, there's there's a lot to look forward to. I think we're in for a cracking year.
0: Nigel Roebuck you must how many grand Prix seasons have you seen? I'm trying to think it must be
3: Se- well seasons Yes. entire seasons yes
0: goes back to the seventies anyway
3: well, yeah seven seventy i I started covering it in seventy one
0: yeah. so here comes another one. Are you as excited as ever
3: in many ways yeah 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 I am i mean i i i my beef with, with the state of, of Formula One, apart from the, the whole money situation, which we've, we've, we've talked about, is that it's so complicated. And I'm convinced if the, if the support for, for Formula One and, and among the public is waning, I'm convinced that's one of the reasons. Um, I remember a couple of months ago, a friend of mine who's sort of very interested, not, not fanatical, but been, always been very interested. he yeah. rang me up one night and he said, what, tell me, what the heck? hell engine tokens. <laughs>
1: we come back, we and come back to cost and putting a cap on it. Yeah, and yeah, because a-
3: absolutely right.
1: That's the only reason that, that nonsense yeah. exists. Yeah. It's because the, the sport would bust itself <laughs> yeah. if, if, if it wasn't there. Absolutely. Um, so they, they, yeah. are, they are solutions, they're, they're, they're Band-aids to a problem rather than going to the root cause of the problem and nobody's grasping the, the nettle no, no,
0: they're not no. something you get in health. No, at. I
3: mean Mark's right that that you know there absolutely has to be a cost cap and as long as there's Yeah, a, sure um, Strategy group I you know
0: despite I, despite the complications I, I,
3: I don't see it coming, but as far as the season's concerned. I mean, yeah, I think I think I think I agree with what everybody said I'd be amazed if the championship in the end didn't come down to Lewis and Nico. I think Mercedes will have it, but I but I don't expect it to be to be certainly to quite the same degree as in uh, 2014.
0: Yeah.
2: Sure. Sure. I was also one little point um you know over the winter we saw Lewis named sports personality of the year in the mm. UK which you know um I think there's been a, a sea change in his public perception over the last last year and I think um i am pleased to see that. I think it's I, I, he seems more despite the uh, the pussycat problem again. Um he seems more comfortable in his own skin he does, than, than, he, he, than he used to and I I hope you know he's he's potentially well he, in terms of uh, commercially he's known to be a you know very successful business you know sportsman in, sure. in, the, in world terms but as a, as a popular figure he deserves to be up there now and hopefully the we'll see that continue yeah. this year.
1: Sorry. Sorry, go on, Mark. Lewis sometimes seems to be a little bit conflicted in how he wants to present himself to the world. I would, that's he the observation does. I would make. But um, at his core, he's a really nice guy. Mm. He's, he, I, I can see why he divides opinion so much because of the, 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 way, um, the way he transmits. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's false. He's, he's, he's a genuinely nice guy. He's a, he's a good Absolutely. guy.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, Simon
0: Aron. Looking ahead, starts next week. Let's. How do you think? How do you think it'll go? Will it be between Hamilton and Rosberg, or might it be between Hamilton and somebody else? Actually,
4: I'm just going to go along with whatever else is. Although, I mean, I I can't really see much beyond a a Lewis world title, to be honest. I mean, I know we've talked about the potential emotional frailties, but I I just there was something about him. Mark mentioned, I mean, last year, his body language. He just seemed to have grown a little within himself. Finally, he seems the maturity that's been lacking during some of his early mm. Formula One career seemed to be there. And I think having a second title, he might just ride on that. We might just be coming into a, sort of a Lewis Hamilton era in the same way as we've had a Sebastian Vettel era uh, for the, pre, you know, the previous four seasons. Um, not saying that because I have any British... Bias whatsoever we we often get inclu- accused I'm sure we've all been accused on forums and things of being you know uh, sort of institutional nationalists but I mean I really don't give a monkey's whether a driver's got whether gender race anything else I mean they've got green skin and two heads I mean I don't mind um, but I just think there's a package at the moment Lewis yep. ticks all the boxes
0: tough to argue with that I must say okay Good. Well, we'll be uh, Mark Hughes will certainly be reporting on all this in enormous detail, uh, which is great. And uh, Nigel will be looking down on it from above and giving us his wisdom, which is uh, just as good. And I uh, hope you'll all continue to, to read Motorsport Magazine throughout the whole year, every month. We want you to buy it, read it every month. Keep listening to our podcast. Thank you very, very much for all your questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question, so keep them coming in. And uh, we'll see you for our next one, which will be in about a month's time. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye.